As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. sensation like you know, every hair on my body stood up like my neck hairs were just straight up and I felt like I was being watched the way these, these hands looked parting the bushes didn't look like bear claws I don't know how it caught my eye but I see this like face watching me from the woods where the dock was the only way off this dock was directly at this creature <laughs> they're either an evolution of an ape or a human that's de-evolved back to their primal state I noticed these two round-looking lights zigzagging through the sky. Hello and welcome to another edition of Supernatural Station. I'm your host, Roman Daniels, and joined with me is my twin brother, Jaron Daniels. And we actually have a special guest with us today. His name is John, and he agreed to come on the show and, and basically tell us a story about something that happened to him years ago. And pretty crazy encounter because it's uh, it's. Bigfoot related, we think. So um, we'll probably let him tell his story, but I guess I'll let my brother take it away for a minute here first. It's crazy to think that there's so many people that have Bigfoot sightings. I just think that's strange. Like there's other cryptids out there, right? There's the Mothman, there's just the rakes and the different things, right? But with Bigfoot, I feel like you run into maybe say 10 people in a room and I bet you three of them have, have had a Bigfoot experience. I'm included in that. There's two of us in this room that have had a Bigfoot experience. I know. What the heck? I really want one. Or, or do I? I? You know, I'd like one if I'm, like, in the car from, like, 10 miles away, but I can see it. I'd like one if... <clears throat> here's what they should do. They should make these big bubble 
kind of design things that you can go through the forest in that are really strong, like almost impenetrable. Jurassic Park style? And, yeah, Jurassic Park style. There you yeah. go. That you could just go into and then you could be safe from harm. And then I bet you, I mean, here's the thing, right? Don't get me started on the whole conspiracy thing of the Bigfoot thing. Everybody's like, oh, we just got to get a full body. We got to be able to see it up close. I'm like, there's so many people that have seen it up close. There's so many people that have killed one. Claim to have shot one. And, I would and say, yeah. It either disappeared under, under strange circumstances or it just, it walked away. And then, you know, they found a trail of blood that just ended. And that's the thing is like, this is very clouded in secrecy, whatever is going on in these woods. Well, John, let me ask you this. What did you believe in Bigfoot when you were younger? Did you believe in it? Did you believe in supernatural things at all? Like, I guess, where would you stand on the supernatural tipping scale? Well, I, I guess, um, I, I don't remember how old I was when this happened. I, I was anywhere between 13 to probably 16 when this happened. Before this happened, though, like, did you believe in Uh, I don't know what I believe, but, I mean, as a kid, I, I would believe that I would get freaked out by something unexplainable. So I guess on that, the spectrum of that question is, yes, I guess I could believe that this could have been what could be a Bigfoot encounter, uh, so which I think it still is you're, today. You're not a skeptic then. Like even back then you'd be like, okay, I could see this happening. If it came true or say if I walked into a forest, I could see that if somebody said, hey, I believe in Bigfoot when you're that age and you didn't see this yet, you'd be like, oh, I guess I could believe in Bigfoot if, if it I came across one, right? Yes, yeah, I, I could say that, yes. So, John, why don't you just why don't you just tell us your story, but, you know, I guess start from the beginning, just tell us what you were doing, and I guess paint a picture for, like, you know, exactly what you were doing, kind of what, what was going on, and then exactly kind of what happened and what you saw. All right, so I, where I grew up, it was a kind of a private HOA-type area, lots of trees, uh, wooded areas. We had a private beach access. Um, so there was this dock down there, um, kind of, you had to kind of like walk along the beach and through this little wooded area to get to this dock. And so I was down there just fishing by myself one day. You know, I just had this sudden sensation like you know, every hair on my body stood up. Like my neck hairs were just straight up and I felt like I was being watched. That's so common. So common. If you So if you listen to, and I, and I apologize interrupting you, but so many people have that exact same experience when they're in the presence of these things and that that's what makes me wonder what are these things because it, it kind of feels like a supernatural thing if you're getting that vibe you know where like all your hair because I, I used to get that feeling when we'd ghost hunt too a little bit well, but I, go ahead i apologize and, and i mean i've had this sensation multiple times here too but usually it's late at night i'm watching tv and you know i look around and there's a face looking at me and it ends up being a cat but <laughs> uh this sensation i mean it was kind of different and i, I start looking around i'm just out here, it was probably, I don't know, midday, end of the day type of time. Um, like sun, sunset? Yeah, kind of, I'd say anywhere between like 2 to 7 o'clock. So it's and, a good time to go fishing though. That's when the fish start to jump quite a bit, you know? Yeah, and, and so <laughs> this, this dock was like on the Pacific Ocean. Uh, and, you know, you could see down in the water, catch the fish and anyways. But, um, yeah, so I started looking around, like, because you know, I had that sensation of being watched. And I... I happened to like I don't know how it caught my eye but I see this like face watching me from the woods wooded area and like these two paw hand like things parting the bush mitts maybe mitts yeah <laughs> and I mean my mom tried to tell me it was a bear but I mean the way these these hands looked parting the bushes didn't look like bear claws bear paws and then the face had I don't know too too many human type features. Was it, let me ask you this real quick, when it was spraying the bush, right? 
Was it pushing it away from its body on both sides? Yeah. Which is not a bear tech. Bears do not do that. If if a bear is going to move a bush, they'll move maybe one side as yeah. they're pushing through it. They won't go like this. Well, in a bush, uh, or sorry, a bear doesn't really have patience to sit there quietly and just kind of hold the brush open and watch you like that. You know, you'll you'll hear them going huffing around and sniffing around and yeah, making noise. And I stuff. didn't hear. I didn't hear yeah. anything from this this creature. But what did what did the hands look like? Like, did do you, could you kind of describe what you saw pretty well? It kind of looked human with lots of like fur on them. Like, what color are like? Do you remember like colors? A, maybe a light to dark brown. Oh, wow, a little bit lighter than some have been. Like, some, a lot of the time you hear the eyewitness accounts is blacker than black. Like, it looks like a shadow in the daylight. Like, but then I'll hear it, and then they have the gray skin a lot yeah. of the time. But then now I, and sometimes we hear the brown too, especially in the Pacific Northwest. Did it have, was it like mostly hair? Or did you, could you see like leathery looking skin or anything like that? Uh, I, I don't remember. I mean, I, I just remember seeing hands and a face staring at me, and the hands didn't look animal-like why don't you um why don't you describe the face then like trying to if the best you can i know you yeah, probably only know. saw it for a few yeah, seconds yeah, or something like 20 years ago um uh, you're dating yourself john you're dating yeah, yourself. yeah my face is showing the dating myself <laughs> uh but yeah it was uh had very distinct human features uh but you know like kind of really wrinkly and older looking the, the fur was matted mm-hmm. kind of like it's been out in the Brush the brush and the wilderness and the, the weather for a while. I don't remember much about the face. It was kind of more square-like, square-like face. So wide, basically. Pretty, pretty wide, wide. Yeah. yeah. Not like the human, like, it had human features, but it wasn't like the narrow, like, human type. It wasn't like a narrow Jim Carrey face. It was yeah, more it was like a, a wider. Wider. It had animal, animal and human features. What's the actor from Frasier? What was his name? Like that Kelsey, kind of Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, wider face. What, kind of. what about the nose? Like, did it have, like, more of a human-like nose, or was it more ape-like? Probably in between. I don't remember, but it, think about it. It was probably, probably a mix between human and ape. So it's kind of weird to think about. It's like, I wonder how old this thing was. And was it just staring down? Like, is it was it a downward trajectory? Where it was no, staring? it was it was a level. Level. Level yeah. type. So, like, where the, the brushes were to the dock, it was maybe have, like, a few inches down to the dock. So if anything, this thing would have been either, like, close to your height, or do you think it was crouching down maybe and it was taller than maybe? I, I think it was standing. Okay. But, like, a lot of the brushes in this area where I lived were... Um, pretty big and like at smaller. least at least maybe six feet high yeah. and then and then the head is kind of right above that so maybe like a seven foot tall creature probably six to like that. yeah okay you have to figure maybe a foot for the head yeah wow and i was probably i don't know i was i might have been fought my height about six foot at the time when you were 13 you were still six foot yeah almost? i was five eleven jeez you're lucky me and roman were like so small when we were that age <laughs> Well, like 4'10 or something? Uh, if, if it was, I was anywhere between being 13 and 16. So okay. Was... So, so what, what happened after after that? So, like, how long do you think this was? And then what, what exactly happened after you saw this thing? And, like, do you think it's, do you think that you locked eyes with this thing as well? Or I definitely locked eyes with this thing. Wow. It's not something I'll forget. <laughs> I mean, it has been a while and I've forgotten some details of this encounter, but I won't forget seeing that thing looking at me and... The sensation of like every hair on my body is straight up in the air. Did you have um, some people describe what they call mind speak, where 
they'll hear like something almost audible in their mind being said to them. Do you hear anything like that when this guy's like, looking at you? Being watched or, or just like, like yeah, like or... a word of some sort that like came into your brain that you know, like almost like, hey, stay calm, or I'm, I'm not trying to harm you, or anything no, weird like that. I, I definitely didn't have that. I just okay. I had a sensation of I'm being watched and I'm scared as hell. <laughs> what do you think this thing was doing? Like, what do you think your what's your gut reaction to what it was? What it was doing? Well, maybe it was curiosity, or maybe it was hungry and seeing if I was catching anything. That's that's kind of what I was thinking because it's like this private beach, right? And so it's like a, probably a place this thing goes often to look for clams or like you know dig in the dirt or look for look for fish or whatever you yeah, know. And, and so it was definitely a plentiful area for clams and fish and crabs. And how far was it from the suburb area you were living in, like the little the the rural area? Um, so I guess. From the dock and that wooded area to like the nearest house is, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile. See, so that's weird. So just if anybody hasn't researched Bigfoot, what I find crazy and strange to me, same with like the dogman experience and stuff. The Bigfoot that I saw, it was, I was driving on the freeway from Logan, Utah back down with Roman in the car. And we were driving down and I looked over on the, to the side of the freeway and it was like right by the freeway, like up where the mountain starts. But it was probably what, a hundred feet from the, from the freeway. Yeah. yeah. And then same with my friend Brett, the one we talked about in our Sasquatch story um, a, a little while before this, a few episodes up. It, go check that one out if you get a chance. But he talks about his experience, and it's very similar. It's like right on the edge of town, right at the edge of the mountain, at, in the Provo Mountains, like watching people ice walk down the hill. It's like yeah, I don't, I don't think these things. I think there's this this idea that these things live out just in the in the wild where like no humans are. And I don't. I think they live like like right next to us. Uh, and a, a lot of them do. I think there's little groups of them that live right next to us, and like literally just you know, you could wander into a, a part of the woods that's in between two houses, and they could be there. You know, like mm-hmm. it's pretty wild. What happened after you? It locks eyes with you. Like maybe what five six seconds? You guys were staring at each other or something. I'd say anywhere between five to ten seconds. Yeah. Were you alone? I was alone at the time this happened, so I was I was freaking out like. Mm-hmm. Did you just like stand straight for a minute and take off, or what did you do? Oh, I had nowhere to go from because where the dock was, the only way off this dock was directly at this creature. Jeez. So I basically jumped down to the lower part of this dock, and it was it was low tide at the time. So the like the way the you know the docks worked was like the lower part would go up and down with the tide, and so it was probably a good five to seven foot drop down to this lower part of the dock. So I kind of just climbed, climbed jumped down to it. Ah! I started yelling for help. No way. So yeah. who came? Did somebody come to, to help uh, you? I think I was probably yelling for a good 20 minutes before a neighbor heard. And they ended up, like, contacting my mom at the time. Jeez. Wow. So, so uh, what? Are, where's where's this part of Washington? Like, what's it called again? If you don't mind sharing that. So, yeah, this was this, this area was. So I grew up in Bremerton, Port Orchard, and this was in Port Orchard at the Port time. Port Orchard. Port Orchard. And so the, the the neighborhood we grew up in was called Driftwood Cove. Um, it's kind of like a big cul-de-sac area. See, and and that's the reason I bring that up is I would love for any listeners if they're you know maybe from that area or if they know anybody from that area, like if there's any other individuals who've had an experience with one of these things in in or around that area it would be really cool to hear from you so that's kind of the reason i brought that up i wasn't trying to you know um call anybody out or anything in that area but uh but definitely if you got if anybody who's listening has an experience in that in that zone i would we'd love to hear from you and you can uh, contact us on instagram supernatural station um or you can find us on uh, uh supernatural station 5 at gmail.com i'm looking up pictures of port, port orchard and uh it's definitely wooded it's definitely got that feel uh, he brings up a really crazy point again 
I'm just taking all these little snippets of all the research. I've been listening to, I've been reading also Jeff Meldrum's book, the Sasquatch book. So I've been learning things also uh, from all these eyewitness accounts. He's a scientist that's just been bringing so much into it, right? But on his book, he talks about the low tide a lot. And so this, the fact that you brought up the low tide, that's like, they go for those, especially in Washington um, and Alaska and stuff. It's known that they're, uh, you know, we believe they're real in this. And you guys are in the show and, and listening to this and, you know, take it with a grain of salt if you're not really sure, if you're on the fence, whatever. But like, again, we've had, both of us have experiences here, but what, what I believe is that they go into these places for easy access because it's a low tide. They can get all those um, muscles and those, what do they call it? They're like those, um, they're like shelled. Like the barnacle things? Yeah, kind of barnacles, but they're like muscles and they, they eat those all mm-hmm. the time down there. And, and they probably have scallops and other things too that are pretty, you yeah. can dig for them and just pull them out of there. And a lot of the time they'll eat the seaweed too, the sand, yeah. which is what we've heard from uh, a lot of different stories as well. But yeah, that's pretty wild. So um, so did you ever talk to any neighbors at all about this, this zone and like maybe tell them what happened or did you tell anybody at all besides just family or... Uh, I'm, no, I don't really told anybody this other than family. Oh, wow. And you guys. Did Did your family believe you, like, when you told them the, the story, or were they kind of just uh, not sure? No, I think they, they, I think, I know they think it was a bear, but. That's right. Your mom said that. Yeah. So, with that being said, um, I wonder if, like, do, do they sell Bigfoot memorabilia in those areas or anything like that, or is it very... No, probably not those areas. Uh, I would think um, farther into Washington, like, where it's more... The touristy and stuff. I mean, it was pretty heavily wooded where I live, but where it's more like mm-hmm. forest area. Well, looking at these pictures, like it looks a lot like Coeur d'Alene, Idaho and stuff, those kinds of areas. And so it's squatchy. Very squatchy. Um, a friend of mine also, she had, um, she has some crazy stories and I'd like to really get into them um, that her brothers actually have dealt with quite a bit. Uh, they live in Coeur d'Alene, her mom does and, and her family. But before you do that, why don't we take a break? Um, I, before we take a break though, is there any other questions that you wanted to ask John? I guess just... After you had this experience, right? Did you have like nightmares? Did you did you did this kind of haunt you? Like, were you scared to go in the woods again? Like, how how was your thought well, process? I mean, yeah, I I was scared to tell because you know, like to get to our our home in this private little area was you probably had to drive. It was like a mile to two mile road. I imagine once you once you see one of these things, right? Like these, you're looking at something that shouldn't exist, a monster, right? Something that just we're told all the time is not real, and then all, and all all that you think are in the woods is like maybe you know obviously a few cougars and maybe some bears, which are scary enough. But now there's this thing too. Like yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go in the woods after that. Right. Makes you wonder. I always say this. I've been thinking this for a while, but it's like every time you go camping, every time you go hiking, there's more land bought up by some entity that says no trespassing, and it's some government sign or something. Uh, why they made national forests national forests like I always just think about these things because I'm like there's got to be a reason that they keep scooping up land and and it could be private owners too but like it's just weird when we were younger it wasn't that much now it's like so much more and I think it's because there's so much technology now there's a chance we can catch these a lot quicker and so now they're maybe blocking off more land so you're not going to be able to catch them as easy and stuff too but those are just my random thoughts, like just popping into my head with that. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. Before we take a break, I just wanted to ask John, and this is kind of a Sasquatch Chronicles thing, shout out to Wes, but if someone were to ask you, and I'm going to steal his little line, but if someone were to ask you what a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch is, what would you what would you say? Uh, they're either an evolution of an ape or a human that's de-evolved back to their primal state. So you're you're pretty, pretty set that it's flesh and blood, straight up. I'm pretty dead set that there's something out there that we can't explain that is either a human type form or primate 
that is undiscovered. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that too. There's some weird stuff that happens with them that's kind of hard to explain, but uh, but overall I think they're they're very physical. They leave footprints and they they eat things. Like people are constantly seeing them like getting mad about what happened with you. It was probably one of the food that you were trying to catch, you know, the fish and stuff. And it was just, it, was, it wasn't happy that you were, it was probably not happy that you were there. This was, a, you know, eating zone and stuff. So they're very physical if they have to eat and they have to, you know, evolve to have the, the bodies that they have to live in on this harsh planet, right? We, we don't really fit though. Like when you look at our bodies, we don't really fit anymore. Like It'd be so hard for us to go live in the woods and survive, you know. Yeah. But these things are like, you know. Yeah, take a take a watch on alone, any season of alone, and they start struggling after twenty three days of being out there, and they start yeah. shrinking down. And but these things, it's like their natural habitat. So I'm kind of with you, John, that it could be some like de-evolved or just another spawn of the human race that like went off and realized, no, we're not, we're not, we're gonna live uh, in the woods and and thrive in the woods versus like us, where it's like, oh, we're gonna build technology and try to make our world better by using our brains. You know what I mean? So well, they say if we if we open up our brains more, we'd be able to do things we can't we can't explain. So maybe they are an evolved human that has a bigger brain span that they're able to do different things that seem supernatural, like the orbs, like the um, the hidden camouflage thing they do, like the weird things that are strange. By the way, you know, speaking of that, did you ever see lights in that area, like little orb orb style lights floating around in the woods or anything? I haven't. I never saw them in Washington, but I I have seen them in Utah. Oh really? Why don't you why don't you tell us about that? All right, yeah. So this was I don't know maybe ten years ago, and I was it was probably nine thirty to eleven at night down in Sandy, uh, right off the freeway um, on ninetieth. Um, so there's that Maverick there, and this was before they built the second one across on the northern side of the. Yeah, it's funny. There's the a Maverick one right across from uh, the road from the other one. It's, it's hilarious. You're like, we, why is there one there and then there's one there? We grew up in the same area, by the way. So shout out Sandy, suburb of Salt Lake City. Don't come here, by the way, because everybody keeps coming here and it's getting tight. Yeah, but... we're full. <laughs> unless unless you want to come be on the show, then come on down and yeah, we'll down. we'll get you on the show. Yeah. So this, um, like I said, ten years ago, between nine thirty eleven night, and I I just happened to look up. I noticed these two round-looking lights zigzagging through the sky, and this is, I mean, that's what caught my eye was the zigzag pattern, because that's very unnatural for, like, a plane, or a drone, even yeah. a drone at the time, I would say, would not zigzag at the, the way these lights did, and they did that for, I don't know, 10, 20 seconds, and then they just disappeared. About how high were these things, like, if you were to try to put a a height on it or something. I don't know, a mile or two up. Okay, so th- so th- th- these sound to me like UFOs or something, like a some kind of unidentified flying object. Is that what you think it was? Yeah, all I could see from this was just two bright white lights, you know, one behind the other, kind of like in a flight pattern, zigzag. Uh, so what, what happened after you saw them? Did they just, like, take off or did they disappear out of sight? Or? They kind of, yeah, they kind of just took off in that zigzag pattern and then just were gone. Wow. That's cool. Was there any sound at all to it or no sound? No, the only sound I could hear at the time there was the freeway. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Well, that makes I'm excited to talk more about this stuff. We should definitely hit the break because you, uh, you teased me with it. I got to use the restroom now, so let's get <laughs> we'll, going. We'll take a little break. <laughs> We're back. Yes, we are, and it's funny because uh, the seat I'm sitting on still has the same impression on it. It's like I never left. Or it's a ghost sitting in your chair. Ew. <laughs> I have to do some uh, some cleansing of this household. So very, I don't know how close it is to Washington, but it's northern Idaho, and it's like kind of Coeur d'Alene area, which I would assume is more northern 
northeastern instead of northwest, closer to that side. But um, as you guys probably know, Coeur super pretty and a uh, really nice location. Uh, tons of trees, wooded areas, that kind of thing. Very um, squatchy. You know, there's a lot of like food sources for those things up there and, you know, lots of bodies of water, Lake Coeur and all that stuff. Yeah. So this story took place in about 2015. Um, it was uh, my friend's little, little brother. His name's Jimmy. And he, so they're up there, right? He lives at home still with their mom and the mom lives up in Coeur d'Alene uh, with her husband and, and her little brother. And one day Jimmy was, had to go get the mail and it was a little bit after 7 p.m. or so. So it was getting late, getting kind of dark, not pitch black outside, but dark enough to get a little uneasy. And on both sides of that road, it's like, it's literally just massive trees going down the whole hill. And it's probably like, she was telling me, and I can't remember the exact distance, but it's like 150 or 200 feet from their house, like to get to the mailbox. So you kind of have to walk down this hill, right? And it takes a little bit of time. And so they're like, oh, Jimmy, go grab the mail, blah, blah, blah. So he is walking down. And as he walks down the hill, he hears just to the right of the woods there, really close in the wood line, he just hears someone say, help. Ew. And so he gets scared and he runs home like instantly. He's like, I'm not messing with that. He runs home, he tells his mom. And the reason he told his mom is he he could have told um, his mom's uh, husband, but he's kind of not really a believer in anything. But the mom kind of is just more open to these types of things. And so she was like, let's go check it out. I'll go with you. So they go back down. Don't bring guns. They should have, but they don't still don't bring guns. You got to quote the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods guys, some of my favorite uh, brothers, right? Brothers that also host a podcast are always like, always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. And I agree with that. (laughs) So he brings his mom with and she's walking down there, you know, holding arm in arm and just kind of walking down the mailbox talking, you know, probably stories and just kind of laughing, just very, you know, mom stories to themselves. And as they're walking down the hill together, they see a kid on a bicycle really close to their mailbox in the dark, like by himself, probably eight to 10 years old. Ooh, I'm getting black eyed kids kind of vibes right now. I know, isn't this creepy? And so they see this kid on the bike, right? His eyes are hidden because he's wearing a hoodie, so they can't really tell. Again, black eyed kids. That's what I was thinking when I heard her tell the story. Um, But again, oddities, all this stuff connects, it's so weird. But um, his eyes are hidden and she said she can't remember, Jimmy couldn't remember rather if it was a hood or if it was hair or a helmet, but he thinks it was a hood potentially a helmet so he's kind of faded on remembering exactly what it was um as he saw the kid he literally felt uneasy and so did the mom she even got kind of weirded out and usually moms are like you know taking that mom instinct in and being like hey you know how are you where do you live you know are you close by can we walk you home or whatever right but she didn't say any of that she was just kind of staring at this kid and so was jimmy and they're like but they said he didn't have like a human feel to him he just like was kind of just sitting there so they almost thought ghost at first they kind of weirded out and as they got closer to him um, the mom asked the kid if he's seen or heard anything strange down here, like somebody asking for help in the woods. And the kid just said no. And he said it like in a very kind of angry attitude. And then he just rode off and they never saw him again. He kind of rode off super quick, like where they couldn't even find him. The heck? And it's just one road. Like you should still be able to see where he's at. So that was a really weird story. And then as they were walking back up the, the mailbox, uh, from the mailbox to the house, my friend's mom was like really weirded out too. She's like, we got to get back home quick. And so they were kind of like hustling back up. But she said that they could hear rustling to the side of the woods, right where that help was coming from. And so it was like something was stalking them. Almost as if like they were being paced out a little bit by, by something on the side of the, yeah. Something. And then besides that story, there's like the, my, my friend's little brother that's the one that he you know he was the one that experienced this situation but he has two friends that have had multiple encounters that are strange and we're going to get that on another story because people don't realize northern idaho is also pretty big in this situation as well like it's really like you know california all the way up you know utah idaho into it's funny because I, i was talking to jeff meldrum when we actually you know met him in person which 
still riding on high right from that moment. But talking to him over at Phenomicon, and I asked him that question. I was like, you know, do you get a lot of reports? Well, I asked him about Utah because he was in Utah, and that's our hometown and our home state and stuff. And he, he was like, no, I really don't get a lot of reports out of Utah. And first thing I thought with that is just that people don't want to tell their report. Like, I, I think that there's some something with the culture out here that people just don't want to talk about it when they see this stuff because I think it's kind of a hot spot. Same with Idaho, though. And so I asked him about that, and he even he he's not getting a lot of reports out of Idaho really that much either, but, but they're both hot spots in my opinion, you know, um, and because there's a lot of video evidence and photo evidence and even just footprints that are starting to come out of there. So it's, it's really interesting and it's just a, it's a less talked about zone. You know, you always hear about Oregon, Washington, uh, California, right? But you don't hear about those neighboring states that I feel like are just as almost heavily, uh, as heavily wooded as some of the same zones and have the same kind of habitat and really are just kind of a perfect zone for, for these creatures, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's pretty interesting. I think that that story that you just told is either, uh, like ghostly or, or black eyed kids style, like really creepy. Like I would very uneasy, like when it's children, like, I mean, it's very demonic. It could be just like a demon just trying to lure you into the woods. You know, those old stories of old, right? All these old cultures have stories of these, uh, of like children luring you into the woods. Right. And what, for what, so that you can just end up missing someone on the missing 411, you know? Yeah. It's creepy. I mean, it's one of those things like Jimmy is probably pretty smart to, Right when he hears help go the other way. So, hey, shout out to you liars yes. on those horror films. We, we ain't walking towards it. We walk away from it, just so you know. In most cases, I would say most humans, we're out of there if we hear something like that. Yeah, I think he kind of saved his life by going to get his mom. Because uh, if he would have just went in there by himself, I, I don't know that he would be around anymore, you know? Yeah, that dude's waiting for him at the mailbox. So, yeah. really creepy. And, that, and now we're talking ghosts. So, now we can get into some crazy ghost things because we've had some crazy... I mean, me and Roman have ghost hunted, you know, from middle school up through after high school. My cousins have had some crazy experiences and things like that. But while John's here, uh, before we get into that... What are your thoughts on ghosts? I mean, I'm sure same like the like Sasquatch. There's unexplained phenomena that we don't understand. Do you think it's like residual energy, or do you think it's like a sentient being that like communicates? Like a lot of people have those stories, right? Where here, here's my thoughts: bad on energy or something. Yeah, my thoughts on it is there's a couple different versions. There's energy that's just recurring in the in the in the uh, spectrum of time. So if it was a tra- traumatic experience, it's just going to kind of reenact that energy since energy doesn't really go away. And it's just kind of reenacting that situation. It's like the energy was so potent that it just stamped into the reality and it just stays there forever. Yeah. But then there's other ones that are like legit. Like you'll say something, hey, is somebody in this room with me? You wait and somebody says, yes. It's like, what's your name? My name's Donnie. It's like, right. How is that thing speaking? You know, like, so that's always crazy to me. John, you ever mess with the Ouija board? Uh, No, and I preferred to keep it that way. (laughs) Smart man. I'm never touching that either. So I'm going to keep that. That's that's always inviting something scary in your house, I would say. Have you ever had a ghost experience at all or something that you would think was a ghost experience, John? Since we got you. I don't necessarily know if it was a ghost experience, but it was it was after the first paranormal activity movie came out and I saw that and it was a late showing. So I go home and literally every little thing wakes me up that night after watching that movie. That movie messed me up. Me I, I still can't really watch that movie. It freaks me out. Yeah, I just hear every little every tiny little noise and I'd be just like up in an instant, just awake. I just hate the scene where it's like pulling the sheets off and grabbing her off the bed. Yeah. <laughs> no way, it's just too much. Just like the whole demonic footprints walking around and uh, stuff too. That I was think creepy. it was mostly like the 
end of that movie was the like when she like jumps at the camera with that oh, yeah. black face. And... But I mean, it's not so far from the truth. Sometimes, like people have those kind of experiences where the, it's like a jump scare because it's like something coming out of nowhere. You know, like again, the energy loop thing. Here's one that we've never talked about on our podcast that Roman and myself have had. I actually, I'm so lucky, you guys. I actually didn't have to deal with this, but Roman did, and um, it was over at our house that my dad lived in. That was a very old house, and it was at in Murray, Utah, which is kind of old town Murray, and so. We were probably John's same age when he saw the Bigfoot thing. We were 13-ish, 14 maybe. Or... Might have been younger. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I think I was like, we were like nine. Nine, maybe. ten, something yeah. like that. Okay. And so, yeah, Roman, get into this because this is a crazy story. So this is probably the most vivid, what I consider to be an apparition encounter that I had with what I believe was some kind of a spirit or a ghost apparition. So we used to, we had to share a room because my dad had a kind of this rental home that he was living in. And, you know, him and his wife, our stepmom, um, and then me and my brother, uh, were there and so they had the the master bedroom and we had a another bedroom that we just shared me and my brother and I was on one wall and then on the opposite wall was my brother's bed and so if I was to like sit up in the middle of the night I could see his entire body and the whole the, his whole bed you know in my my view to your right though yeah so and so sit up and it would be to his right is where my my bed was yeah so one night out of nowhere I just woke up for no apparent reason it was like three in the morning two or three in the morning kind of the witching hour right and I just woke up and I didn't understand why I was waking up. And I something like made my eyes gravitate towards my brother. And so I looked over towards the bed over there. And to my surprise and shock, there was a, a woman sitting on the very edge of his bed, on the very bottom, um, kind of near his feet, uh, very bottom corner of the bed. And she was just sitting there. And at first I wasn't super freaked out because I almost thought it was like our stepmom or something like just because I was still kind of foggy and trying to wake up and everything and then I kind of started looking at it a little bit closer and and it was moving like the arms and stuff were moving a little bit and stuff and I realized it was like grayish bluish in color like the color was a little bit off compared to like the rest of the room so that was kind of strange it's really weird because when I think of like Ghostbusters the movie especially that very first scene the librarian the scene, librarian scene which scares me. kind of gives me a little bit of weird trauma in my mind because it reminds me a lot of this experience so the movements um, are very similar then yeah, like, but, and the, how the color was off, except for in the Ghostbusters, the color was, like, more vibrant with the ghosts. It was bluish gray, kind of. That's kind of what it looked like to me in person. But anyway, so this this woman was sitting on the edge of the bed, and the way I'd describe her is she, she was wearing a one of those pioneer-style dresses, like a really big, kind of grayish, bluish-colored dress. Big waist, tight corset. Really tight corset style. She was really thin, so, like, skinny body, but you could tell it, like, had that big poof on the bottom for the dress and everything. Did she have the bonnet hair? Um, she had her hair pulled really tight in a bun. She looked very, like, gaunt in the face. She kind of looked like an old pioneer woman, you know, with, like, kind of silvery, light brown colored hair. Kind of, like, mousy, silvery colored hair. Um, she was sitting there, and I, I just kind of stared at her for a little bit, trying to make sense of what I was looking at. And she was reaching down, and she was pulling the covers over my brother's feet. His feet were exposed, and she was basically pulling the covers over his feet to, like, cover them so that they weren't cold is kind of what I was getting from it. Um, so I didn't get an evil presence from her at all. I wasn't, like... I could tell she wasn't trying to harm us or him. I just don't like the idea that she was, like, covering my, my feet. Like, yeah. get off. <laughs> yeah. I'm and sleeping. So my That's brother was sleeping the whole time. And, and so I'm sitting there watching her, and I see her do that. She covers his feet. And then all of a sudden her head turns, and she looks directly at me. And that's when I got really scared because she looked right at me. And, Didn't you say and, she had red eyes? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know if it was just, like, my mind playing tricks on me thinking that she had red eyes or if maybe it was, like, a light brown colored eye that kind of made it look more red in, in the, you know, in the lighting or something. But she looked right at me and I thought they were red at the time. And I just... Did she have a pissed off face? Or, I always forget mm-hmm. what you said about the face. She, 
she had just like um almost like oh you almost like a shock face like you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have caught me it's funny because i've had other ghost experiences now and they always have that same reaction to me where it's like you shouldn't be seeing me that's kind of the, the vibe they have one wants to talk about that. which is really weird and odd but she looked at me and so instantly I, I pulled the covers over my head and I started praying and I was terrified and after like maybe five minutes, maybe less, I pulled the covers back down and she was gone. Can you imagine if you had the head your head over the cover you know, covers over your head and she just grabbed your face and was like pushing that's what your face I, down? That's what I was terrified. Covers, like, like it's funny when we're kids we think covers protect it's like the cover all it protects all. Like you put your covers over it's a full on shield. Like <laughs> yeah. Like it's like Iron Man's perfect technology, it's gonna protect us from everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so funny because that <laughs> That's literally not what would happen. For those so, so the crazy thing though about that whole story is there's there's this kind of this comes full circle. So much later in my life, so I was so I was like nine at that time, right? But then much later in my life, I was probably like 23, 24, and I was hanging out at my dad's new house, and he moved um, to Taylorsville, to a different town here in in the Salt Lake Valley, and so he's no longer in that same house, but. Um, I was hanging out with him in his Taylorsville house and I was talking to him and for some reason we got on the topic of, of ghosts or something and I, I think I told him about this experience because back then I was too scared to tell him when it happened because I was worried that he would, he was kind of ornery like back then, he was kind of ornery and yeah. maybe it's just because of our age and stuff and like we were kind of annoying back then I'm sure but he was a little bit ornery and I thought he would like scald me or something, especially in the middle of the night I thought he would be mad at me so I never told him the story. There's and a backstory to that though, like I used to get scared a lot at night, I was like kind of more the, the squeamish kid and I'd get scared and, and I'd just like go sleep in Roman's room, like I'd go sleep on the floor or something right there or whatever and then my dad would come downstairs and see that I was in the other room and be like frustrated about it so yeah. it makes sense that he's he would just be like we wouldn't want to come tell him that you know? so I was worried and, and so but anyway I was hanging out with him you know, I'm like, I'm an adult now. I'm like 25, 24. And I tell him the story because I'm finally like, I don't think I ever told you this, dad. Like, you know, this was in your old house. And I tell him the whole story. And it was funny. His face went pure white. Like he had seen a ghost, right? His face went white and his jaw dropped open and his, he just looked so caught off guard. And he's, and the the first thing he said to me was, you saw her too. And he, he began to tell me a story about when he was a kid, about the same age as me when I saw her. He was like nine or ten. He had seen the same, what he claims to be the same spirit, um, walking around his, his parents' house back then. And she had been wandering the halls and stuff at night. So we come to the conclusion that she's some kind of like ancestor maybe that just follows us around. Like maybe the boys in the family she goes to visit. Like maybe she lost a boy at some point that maybe died of hypothermia or something. Do you something. think that boy could have been around your age? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, probably. So maybe when that- Mm-hmm. Your son. And she was she was a pioneer, and maybe he died from like the cold, and she was like trying to keep him warm. You know, that's kind of what my thought was. Because dad's made it sound like he saw her around the same age. As right. And so it scares me because my son is only six right now, and I'm really worried that when he's like nine, he might see her too. You know. Well, so I mean, on, on the story. basis of ghosts, children are more susceptible yeah. to seeing those apparitions and spirits. It's like the yep. veil's more opened up. Their their eyes haven't been polluted by the world yet. <laughs> perfect line bro that's like what i think about it too it's like we get hardened right like the more yeah. we see here's a good example right the more as we get adults right the more we see killings in shows the more we see this in shows you, you become like dead to those issues you're basically, like yeah you're like oh i've seen that a million times head blow off whatever but like when you're a kid it's like you're appalled well you it's also like it. pets like you ever have like you know you ever see a pet like standing in like in a corner looking up at the ceiling oh yeah what are they staring at what's up there well i think also like when you're an adult you lose the magic of the world a little bit like you you kind of forget um that it, like the world you f- feel like you know the world better and you feel like you know everything that could exist whereas when you're a kid the world is such a big mystery that you're kind of like anything could be possible and then yeah you know the, that's probably the most vivid one 
I did have another one that my cousin and I had seen one time that was the faceless man. That that was a creepy that, one. Though, just because we're already on the subject of that old house that my dad used to live in, too. Oh, yeah. My cousin Sean, he's on a few of our episodes uh, at the beginning with the family reunion ones. He was over there staying the night around the same age again, probably 8, 9, 10 yeah. at that house. And we were sleeping in the front room, right? And there's a TV right there. Saturday morning cartoons were going to come up in eight or nine hours. We were having a good time on a sleepover. You know, we're drinking water and probably eating some snacks. This is true 90s kid style. Like, yeah. You know, you got pizza. You got Doritos. The dirty pillow sack. You got those, those, oily. The, the ecto cooler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the pillow sacks are oily and old and greasy because it's like all boys sleeping on them. You got like the sleeping bag <laughs> that's like gets pulled out of the closet. There might be a spider in it. Who knows? <laughs> Smells like <laughs> dust. and. <laughs> Yep. And so Super Nintendo's on, on fleek. And so we're ready to go, right? And we're sitting there and having a good time. We go to sleep. Me and Roman are sugar rushed out. We knock out. Sean's awake because he's just nervous or something. You know, he's not, he doesn't live there all the time. Yeah, he wakes up to the TV oh, turning on. Literally the TV right in front of us turning on. It wasn't like we had a bunch of remotes sitting around or anything like that. But the TV turns on. And he hears like literal voices. Didn't he say he heard like little mumbles? Yeah, this was this was full on poltergeist style where the TV goes to that like grain, like shh, you know, the white noise. And he was hearing voices talk, trying to talk to him. Like it was almost like it was trying to speak to him. Like, and he tried to wake me up. He tried to wake us up. He said, and nobody would wake up. So it would just he freaked him out. And then he just like put his head over the covers. Classic Iron Man protection. Nobody's gonna get into it. Yep. And it did go away. Eventually, the TV shut off somehow. And then he fell asleep. And he doesn't remember if he fell asleep or if the TV shut off first. But he said after that point, he's like, I don't want to sleep over at that house anymore because it just freaked him out. But yep. it's funny because Sean's had all kinds of experiences at the house he lived in at the time as well. So. So is he younger than both of you, or? Yeah, but but like only a year and a half or two years. Yeah, so okay, two so so you said it was around the same age, yeah, like the nine. So we'd be like ten, he'd be like nine ish, something like that. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I mean, and we're all me, Roman, and my cousin Sean. We always seem to have these types of experiences when we're together, and I think a lot of it has to do with we just it's just summarizing or thinking about this, but we have Hopi Indian Native American blood in us, and it's on that side. So it's he's on my dad's side, and so he also has that. So it's like a, almost like a trifecta of when we're all together. Yeah, there's like higher energies or something that's weird but it just feels like that you there's know? a dyad in the force dyad in the force yeah mm-hmm. you know it's just weird but it seems like that yep and so crazy stuff yeah sorry get into your faceless man story too yeah so i was with my cousin sean so the one we're just talking about you know again it feels like when we're together we have a higher chance of seeing things at least back then you know this experience happened when i was like in high school probably so we had these little clown bikes you know those little tiny bikes that you ride and you ever have one of those <laughs> clown bikes you're a full-blown adult, but they're these tiny bikes you're trying like to ride. Those wheels are like literally this big. Uh, I never had one of them, but I had one of those like little mini motorcycle ones. Okay, so. <laughs> even better. Yeah. Motorcycle. Motorcycle. You got the better version. But so we we decided because we always thought it was kind of fun just to like, hey, let's go to Seven Eleven on the corner with these clown bikes and just and it was nighttime. It was Get like 10, 10 30, right. something like that. Get was, a donut. You know, full just like let's just go goof off. Let's go get some candy, some Slurpees, whatever. How did we always have five bucks in our pocket? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We didn't do any chores for it. Mom's like, wallet. <laughs> right. I think it was the dryer. We used to get like a dollar or two dollars out of the dryer. But yeah, so anyway, riding both me and my cousin are riding these clown bikes. We each had one and we're riding up and there was this big, huge parking lot that was adjacent from the 7-Eleven across the street. And it was, it used to be a, a craft store back at the time. Now it's, uh, it's actually like, it, it went to an aquarium for a while and then it now became K1 Racing. K1 Racing. It's like, it's like so, oh, on 7th? Yeah. yeah. It's like a little like go-kart yeah, yeah, racing kind of place. It was an aquarium for like, I don't know, it was like a year or so. so it's just one of those places that 
never seems to be able to maintain a business. Like it's just kind of a weird zone, but the parking lot is this huge open parking lot and it's really dark. There's not a lot of lighting there and stuff. And so we're riding this, these calm bikes and I, and eventually we cross the street and we're going to, instead of going to 7-Eleven, we go to this place called Tesoro, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was a little, another gas station across the street. And we're riding over there and all of a sudden both me and my cousin Sean get this feeling that we're being watched and we look over and it was funny because we both looked in the exact same spot which was over in that parking lot and there was somebody standing there in the in the middle of the parking lot just staring at us and it was a partially um, see-through person like you could kind of see the bushes behind him uh, where he was standing and I know it was a male because he had kind of that male body features he was wearing shorts like blue shorts and these long uh, white socks and like tennis shoes and then he had like a gray shirt on like t-shirt and a baseball cap Wow, blue, classic 90s blue, blue baseball cap type of thing but his face the creepiest part about him was that his face was faceless he had uh like the forehead just continued all the way down his face like where there's no eyes no nose no mouth and both my cousin and i had seen this and we both after we had seen this had this experience we both corroborated the what we had seen um but basically we're looking at this thing and and instantly i get this fight or flight feeling where it's like either i'm going to confront this thing or we're going to take off running for some reason in that moment i got this this confront feeling where i'm like i'm gonna yell at this thing so i I yelled and i just said you need to stop hiding in the shadows like as loud as i could and this thing just vanished like it just was standing there and it just kind of dissipated like goosebumps style so i wonder like that zone right there that um cross street is an area where there's a lot of car accidents that happen and a lot of Big accidents happen constantly right there. So I just wonder if it was somebody who had died in a car accident there. That's what I was going to ask. Did you ever think to like Google that that person's like clothing type or whatever? I never did. I should have. Accidents in the last, like this date to this. But I will say his clothes looked like they could be within the zone of like the 80s to the early 2000s. Someone that that family that Mel, your wife, talks about that died. That was um that was that, was that was uh, more east. It was higher up, and those kids were younger. I think, okay. I think they were a little bit younger. And that just made me think about that. Though. The whole family died in a car accident. Like all the kids died. It was a really sad yeah. story. But yeah, so those are the two most memorable apparitions that I can think of that uh, that were really vivid. Like where I could tell the clothing they're wearing. You know, actually, and even the pioneer woman was a little bit see through too, where I could kind of see what was behind her too. So see, and it's classic that Roman. Roman has had these experiences with my cousin where they've seen these full body apparitions, but I haven't like, I, I'm thankful that I haven't, but I haven't seen one like that. A lot of the time I just, it's a presence, it's hair stand up in the back of your neck, it's that kind of stuff. And just the feeling that it's, it's like it attacks, when I have these issues with this situation, it's like it attacks my psyche more than anything. And I just like get shut down and everything like that when I, when I, which maybe is something's attacking me that's more evil-sided or something on that side of things. But, you know, it's it's kind of cool to hear these stories because, yeah, whatever those are. But both of those two that you've had are intelligent, though. Like, they, yeah. look, they see you, and then they react. Well, that's the thing. Like, the guy that, that was faceless, like, even though I, I had, there was no facial features, I could tell he was looking at us. Like, he was trying he was trying to get our attention, you know, that he could see us. Like, if I was trying to envision his, his point of view, his POV, he definitely was looking at us. Like, he could see us, you know, and was trying to, because we were kids probably of a similar age, because I was, like, early high school, you know, he was probably trying to, like, get our attention for some reason. Let me ask you this, John and Roman. Do you guys think that it's possible that, so, like, CERN is trying to do this atom particle separator thing right now, and they're doing these things where they're trying to, like, mesh worlds together or go into a different alternate plane? Do you think that we could potentially have already sort of tied into this, like, maybe our veils are, like, separating where we're able to see another world that's right next to us? 
Like, do you think that that could be a, the two you saw? That's why they got shocked when they saw you, because maybe they're living in this other world, and then I they see you, and you're in this other world. And then you you it, try it, to talk to them, and then they're like, "Oh crap!" I, I would say normally I would say yes on that, but those happened way before CERN was even a thing. Um, although the Nazis were doing stuff that we have no idea about, that you know that could yeah, yeah I that's bring true. Up they CERN. were they were heavily involved with the supernatural relics of stuff. Supernatural and the occult, and yeah, it was like a big, uh, big drive for Hitler back in his reign of terror. <laughs> I, I think, I think <laughs> it was just good. honestly those two that I saw. I just think were, I, I honestly believe that they probably don't know how long they've been dead. I, I don't think they know the time. The time has passed as much as it has. Like he probably in his mind just died in the car accident. It just happened, and he's still looking for his family and stuff. And like he just is still unsure about what's going on. That's kind of what I picture. And then with the pioneer lady, I think she, I think she probably made some deal with like the other side like with god and stuff to like try to help out uh the kids and the family you know because she messed up before she wasn't able to before and she's like i want to right those wrongs or maybe she's just staying back just to like try to right the wrongs because she lost somebody that was close to her you know so so did you get you didn't get like a sense of like dread with the encounter you had where the spirit was putting the like covers over jaren's feet right um, did you, did you I, I, no, have I would, that, or did you have like a? It was like a calm sense. I was just ter- I was just terrified because it was something that wasn't supposed to be there. But right. I, I didn't get an evil feeling from it at all. You just like, felt like the trespasser feeling. Like yeah, like this person shouldn't be here. You know right. that, that vibe. But it was like it wasn't like I knew she wasn't going to hurt me. I just wish when we were at that age, like when our hormones are raging, and I just wish it was like a really pretty girl that shows up <laughs> at that moment. And, and, and I say that with a grain of salt because my grandpa had a weird experience like that, and it scares me because I'm home, I'm home alone, home alone. Wow, I'm single and I live at home, and I always worry because I have this massive king size bed. And I'm by myself, and I never know. Like that always makes me nervous. So that's yeah. All of a sudden, the phantom body starts like growing up inside the you know under the covers, and, and sheets just start rising. So scary. <laughs> No, but the, I, the, these things are real out there. Like, I mean, I I think that the world is way stranger than we have any idea about. Like what John was saying before. Like it's unex, Like there's these unexplainable things. He's like how he was saying. You know, I don't know what it was, but it's something I can't explain. You know, and that's pretty much what this the, these ghost experiences were for me too. It's like I don't know what it was, but I know I saw it. You know, I know it was there. You know. So you're saying we're gonna end it visually like the same way we should end everything. That there's more questions than answers. We just still don't know what the hell is going on. Unfortunately. And we're just gonna have to just keep doing these, which well, is what we like doing. So. And before we end, I believe there is other beings out there. I mean, they're probably not going to visit us, and if they do, it's out of curiosity, Mm -hmm. but we're probably not alone in this universe. Oh, yeah, I agree, 100%. There are probably multiple worlds that are inhabitable. Mm -hmm. Um, There are things living on them. I've always said, I've always told people this, that, like, because I've gotten in these private conversations with people before and i'm like i i feel like it's we're just we're so full of ourselves to think that we're this own the only planet that has water that has the capability to sustain life. life right and like that's just so cocky of us to say that um i i think there's probably hundreds of thousands that are just like us you know i yeah. guess that was my question the multiverse feel right it's mm-hmm. like here's what i'm thinking right is if there's alternate there's other planets out there that are multi megatrons away from us right mm-hmm. but yet we can still, like, wormholes are a thing. They're trying to get wormholes figured out and stuff. Maybe there's a way that these UFOs and stuff are wormholing because you know how it is. We try to travel through space up to the moon, and it takes, like, what, 200 days or something to get up there or longer? Yeah. And I'm just spitballing. But, like, if it's from another, if you're from another planet in a completely different universe, you probably have to have a wormhole to get through to yeah. get to the next side. So I'm wondering if we're, like, touching wormholes and, like, switching into 
Like if our world's not as stable as we think it is, which would be super crazy to think about. This goes back to, to our interview that we had with Raven, right? Remember we talked to Raven. This was one of our episodes. We did a part one and part two with him and you should go back and listen to it. I think it's, uh, I forget the episode numbers, but they're, his stories were pretty crazy. And one of the things that he had on a regular basis was he had encounters uh, with what he called uh, extra dimensional beings, but they were basically like aliens in my opinion. But basically they were trying to show him something about the stars and his, the way he surmised it is that he was thinking they were trying to tell him that there's an easier way to travel between space and time mm-hmm. and that it's a wormhole type thing. That's what we hear a lot. And that's what he was trying to, that's what he came to, you know, from his visions with them and, and his anyone, dreams and stuff. Anyone that astro projects, right? You astro project out of your body and you have these like night terrors where you're out of your body and all that stuff. A lot of these people say that they run into these alien beings that look like greys. Yeah. Right? It's like, I wonder if they're actually living in this realm, that realm, the weird astro realm. Right. And, and they're able to tap into it all the time, but we're not because we don't really understand it all the way yet. But yeah. it's just, yeah, a lot of weird things to think about. And hopefully this doesn't like <laughs> blow your mind up in, in, in all kinds of realities. But again, this is a, this is a paranormal soup um, episode, right? We're doing like a, it's a paranormal stew. We're, we're talking about everything. I like that. Started, started out with John's encounter with the soup, with the uh, Sasquatch and then just go all over the Aliens place. And, and maybe this is a, a conversation for another podcast, but I have had experience is where you'll or visions you could call them where you'll see this thing happen and then you get that strong sense of deja vu because it happens in real life yeah yeah that's a weird feeling too is that is that an alternate is that a life that you've already lived or is that a doppelganger of yourself that's in a different universe that's exactly like you that has the same essence that's in a wormhole that's it's, right next to you it's like it did it it's like it's a folding reality and it, it's like you're the alternate you already did that like 10 seconds ago yeah and then you and somehow our consciousness is is connected to that other reality of ourselves and somehow like we remember oh i just did this yeah. it's or, so weird right or it's it's a uh, i'll have this this vision um dream whatever you want to call it and it may not happen right away it may be a few weeks later maybe a year later weird is this yeah. how you meet your girlfriends you just like you know that they're like <laughs> in a dream and then you're like oh that's her right there no that's <laughs> just shooting my shot <laughs> but yeah no it's weird it's just, it's strange and i think that uh we still don't know what reality is sometimes we're a big ball of energy and energy can travel in ways that we as a human body can't sometimes right and so there's a lot of the fold energy perspective like roman's saying like yeah you can fold something four ways like, imagine if a star burst in, in, in the universe. We wouldn't see that until, like, what, 200 years or 20 years later. So yeah. Then you see the flash of light that, that exploded. Yeah. That's weird, right? But if, yeah. if we were able to fold space and time, we'd be able to see it within 10 seconds of it. Well, right? and because kind of, of touching back on what you said earlier about um, humans not even being able to use the full brain, the full potential. Brain potential. Yeah. I think human the human brain is only being used about, I think they said it's 10%, 10% of the yeah. time. And if you were able to unlock that other 90%, and I think, I, again, yeah, back to Raven's Raven's experience, you know, about like how the, these beings kept visiting and trying to teach him how to astral project and float around and do all these things, right? I feel like we have that capability if we can tap into it, you know? So, John, but, you're saying there's a chance we could fly one day just with our own minds. There's a chance we could be avatar mind benders. Who knows what the mind's capable of uh, All I want to be able to do projecting is, out of it. All I want to be able to do is go invisible once or twice and <laughs> fly. Like, just it's going to be fun. like the shadow. Be awesome. Cloud people's minds with your own. 
But no, John, uh, it's a pleasure having you and, and thank you for telling your story. That was a really, really cool encounter that you had. And I just, I appreciate it that you came on here to tell us and just recount that story. Cause you know, sometimes people don't want to tell their stories, you know, or they feel ashamed or that whatever it might be, you know, but I believe you that you saw something that was what I would call a Sasquatch and that it was there. And that's a crazy story, man. Really crazy. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I did a lot too. And I appreciate you as well. And you're like our second live person. We've actually the first live person we've had here in the same place. Um, but it's uh, it's it's an honor and a privilege, and we'll have yeah. you back on when the studio is actually grown and nicer, right? We're we're in a, we're in the apartment right now, but one day we'll be in a nice studio with soundproofing and all that fun stuff. So egg egg cartons, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, egg cartons, yeah, it's true. But cool, no, and we appreciate everybody listening, and and we hope that these stories piqued your interest or at least just got your your brain flowing a little bit and juices going. And we appreciate your listenership. So thank you guys for being here. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.